Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. We are the Dadly Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hanford and Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Man and Now Row. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, <sighs> where we do daily wrestling podcasts. We not only review uh, Man and Now Row, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. We've got a good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Havlet and Sidgwick to review Raw, the go-home show ahead of Survivor Series. We'll go. Yeah, WWE probably knew the pressure was on to deliver a good go-home show ahead of the What Culture live show tonight. <laughs> uh, before the eyes of the wrestling world switched to Newcastle, Ingerland. Uh, and I did a pretty effective job, yeah. I thought. Like, almost surprisingly so. I was probably the most cynical about Raw in yesterday's preview than I've been in a while uh, in terms of the fact there was nothing really left to do for Survivor Series beyond the obvious reveal of Randy Orton, which we got in, again, quite an effective way. Mm-hmm. I was genuinely impressed with the match quality on here. A minor miracle. Um, and also, a crushing disappointment. So lots to get to. Yeah, this was uh, wrong way around. <laughs> Lots of the stuff I expected to be bobbins was actually really good. Yeah. A match I did not expect to be remotely interested in got heated up inexplicably. And there was some stuff on there that I thought was rubbish by the main players. So, interesting. Let's get into it. Because <laughs> Most interested I've been in Raw all year. <laughs> the, uh, the show opened, as promised, with Drew McIntyre stood in the ring. Uh, obviously off the back of his betrayal of Jey Uso uh, last week. said so he knew people were upset about what he did, uh, but the person who was most upset was him. He was called a backstabber, but he hasn't changed. He hasn't lied. If you've turned on him, fine. If you've never a fan in the first place. Uh, he gave Jey Uso something Jey never gave him. He looked him right in the eye before he dropped his ass. Uh, <laughs> Jey's probably looking for an apology, he said, but I don't remember hearing Jey apologizing to me or anyone else for screwing over my family in a crowd of Janet. You suck. Uh, he said, look, Cody Rhodes, collateral damage. But then again, he's also responsible for bringing Jay to Monday Night Raw. He saw Rhodes attack Jimmy and Solo Sokoa on SmackDown. People are telling him to get over it too, but there's no reason to get over the bloodline. Uh, Jay cost him the biggest thing of all. His family waited 16 years. He talked about all the things that he missed. Uh, and they were going to be there and watch him win the title at Clash at the Castle. Uh, but Jay took that away from him, took that moment away from him and his family. Um but to clarify, he asked the crowd this and then said, eh, no, you see, you don't know me. I uh, I haven't joined Judgment Day, but I will be on their team for war games um, because Rhea Ripley provided me something no one else could, Jey Uso in a cage. Out comes Jey Uso. Jey says, uh, 
No more talking. It's time for a beatdown, or more likely the yeet down. And yeet's <laughs> incredibly over, so that actually got a pop. Um, he goes to hit the ring, but here's the judgment day on one side of the ring to show that he's just completely outnumbered. That brings out Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, and Cody Rhodes, but Wade on commentary notes still not got a man... Uh, or the man down, I should say. And Postman Pierce suddenly jumps in and says, we're not doing this again, Christ's sake. Uh, anyone who throws a punch is going to cost their team the advantage at war games. Uh, he said, look, Seth or Cody or whoever, babyface team, you need to pick a partner by the end of tonight. Uh, and the uh, war games advantage match is going to be one-on-one or else. Uh, and I need to know who's representing who by 9 p.m. tonight. It looked like McIntyre sort of stepped up, but that wasn't decided Got in Jay's face, but then he left, and, and Judgment Day sort of followed him. I like this opening. Yeah, Drew's promo was good. Tell a good story, you get good material. Like, Drew McIntyre was doing what we said he was going to do, pretty much, and just laid out why everything that happened the way it did, and even said, I was telling you I was going to do this on the way. I haven't betrayed what I've been saying for months. That's what happens. I know it's like, I know it's unfashionable, and I get, probably earn some pelters for like liking my dry plotting, but these are the outcomes mm. you get off it sometimes when you just, when you're fairly tight in on a character's motivations and logic. Uh, and I'm into, it's hang the lampshade on the fact that WWE have done this too much forever. But like the second <laughs> week in a row of Adam Pearce just going enough, like the pay-per-view is this Saturday, can we just do this then? Um WWE are kind of doing exactly what Tony Khan is doing with the Continental Classic, like promise you, no interference, clean finishes. It is a damning indictment that you've got yourself into the position where you yeah. basically have to say it out loud, but better to do it. Like, clean up the mess feels like yeah. the theme of wrestling lately, but, like, better to do it anyway, especially when you're, like, you're days away from the double cage big brawl. Just save it. And I, like, I genuinely, I don't mind this of all times, an authority figure coming out and just saying, enough, it's going to be this. See you later, guys. Like, mm. I, was, I was into most of this. I mean, it was exactly what we said it was going to be. Yeah. Like I said, said rather cynically, but you know, justifiably on the preview yesterday, the way that WWE dialogue is written with a pretty heavy-handed approach is that Drew McIntyre could not have made himself more explicit in what he wanted to do and how he felt over the past what month and a half, two mm. months. So he didn't have to explain his actions because he had, in fact, past tense already explained his actions as he was doing the actions. So, yeah, um, waste of time, but <laughs> it was. It was it was a waste of time. They didn't tell me anything I already knew. Yeah. They didn't advance the plot in any meaningful way. It was just the things that WWE do on their television, and I have to endure that. They believe <laughs> these things need to be two-parters, don't they? Yeah. I, I think it's one of the things where you, like, you either like Bookend it or... the show, yeah. Well, I just, I mean, in terms of the Drew stuff, you can't, oh, like, I see. Yeah, typically yeah. you can't just have the physical attack, you then have to have the promo, otherwise the whole thing isn't complete. Probably is. Like, fans can probably infer everything they need to from the turn, but just that's not... There's no inference. WWE's way of doing it, is yeah. it? It's like... There's no inference, he's told them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they got excited off the back of Santos's excellent... Uh, explanation on well that's it yeah I think there's been like two two good examples of a thing that like I know Sage doesn't like and I know plenty of other people explicitly don't like WWE for that reason Mm. but I don't know they just do it's a lot of reasons (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'm I'm joking I'm being a dickhead Um, I I thought uh, Santos is better had a more memorable line I remember what he said about the the leg than anything that Drew said he's cooler as well isn't he as well he's an absolute piece as well then again Drew's a piece yeah what a pieces in wrestling these days. Yeah. And are very attractive men. You know, you know. <laughs> um, Judgment Day meet up backstage. Damien Priest is like, really would like to had you consult me, considering I'm the meant to be the captain of the Survivor Series team if Drew was going to join. 
And she said, ah, oh, to be honest, I didn't know if he was going to do it until literally the last second before he did. Um, if if I had, we yes, we would have discussed it first. Uh, and Priest said, yeah, I think I should probably be in the advantage match. And Rhea's like, well, let's wait till Drew gets here, shall we? Quick word on this. Uh, I've never really spoke about this before on the podcast. I'm a pretty big Judgment Day guy. Uh, where I never want to attend, ever, no matter how much I like this act, is that stupid Judgment Day Gallus bar they've set up. Like the Shana and Zoe they ended do, up in later on. It? Not the not the, uh, the, uh, the clubhouse. 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 The playhouse. You only got the judgment day's nursery. Ah, uh, oh, the frigging dot. Sean Triple H love this, don't they? And the flags in the yeah, background the, of the promo the segments. Flag and the dot board and job done. Just love the idea. It has of to these, travel. Of the uh, it has to travel, so they have to every week. But I'll put a flag up. Yeah. Where are we hanging the dartboard this week, lads? Well, there's some uh, production we crates over there. Are we getting a dartboard tonight? That would uh, be a stupid idea. Room. Yeah, we don't want a live show to look like a Judgment Day clubhouse. Chilling we- out backstage <laughs> with all of our rider. Dartboard in the green room, but it's purple. What's on the rider? I think just crisps. You just need to keep him hopped up on Skittles. Just Skittles. Skittles I mean, you need to keep him hopped up on anything. <laughs> it's like that um, in... The Simpsons, you know, when he the bloke with the the, the sea captain, he tosses that kid with the the accordion. the accordion. Yeah. Oh God, you've given him, you've given him skittles. He didn't need that. Ah, he'll be doing this for hours. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and he's been doing it for six years at this point. All for the build-up of tonight. Uh, <laughs> can have like a week-long sleep after this. He's all took it out. Probably. Uh, <laughs> right. That was followed by Nia Jax versus Raquel Rodriguez. Oh my god! Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. Um, Rodriguez obviously pissed off with uh, Nia's actions recently, so she immediately tackles her out of the ring, uh, hits a crossbody off the apron, but uh, Jax comes back, shoves her into the barricade, sends her into the post spine first to take us to a break. Uh, when we come back, Jax has got her in a chin lock, but Rodriguez powers out of it. And the story of this match is she constantly tries to pick up Nia Jax, but oh, the back gives out. Um, Jax takes over, and then Rodriguez fights back, tries to get Jax up on her shoulders, but again collapses. So Jax just hits her with a scent on. Uh, Jax goes up to the middle rope, but Rodriguez catches her there, slips under, and looks for a split second like she's going to get her up and powerbomb the crap out of her. But again, Rodriguez's back gives out for a third time, and Jax uses this to hit the Annihilator and get the one, two, three. The crowd were really into Rodriguez getting Nia Jax up. The crowd was really good all night, actually. Mm-hmm. Elevated what I thought was an episode of Raw. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, right? I thought it was finished. I thought the match was a complete over-delivery. Yeah. Like, a real energy in the building. Like, they really wanted... For the first time ever, I think realistically, they wanted Raquel Rodriguez to just overcome Nia Jax, who, like, to her credit, right, it's been a bit of a short return, but she hasn't injured anybody yet. No. I know it's absolutely bare minimum stuff. <laughs> the matches are super heated. But, like, like, people are into this Nia Jax character, and just in a general, broader sense, like, I long for this. Like, I'm not asking genuinely anyone to lose their job, but if they could, if just pro wrestling in this episodic cable era could just somehow emulate the territories. Like, if you, if, J, if Nia Jax had never gone away, you'd never get a reaction like this. No. She feels, like, fresh, important, like she could be a game changer. And um, this match had a lot of heat, like, inexplicably so as a result. Um, the fans of whether the story told was the story that you, the pretty much the only story you could tell against Nia Jax, but a very good version, probably one of the best, yeah. which is probably in a, a bit of an indictment considering it wasn't great. I was just really impressed by it. And mm. the finish, right, provided that Raquel Rodriguez is turning or will turn, 
the reaction here might give them pause, yeah. incidentally. But if the idea is she has had opportunities, you know, I hate to use their language, but it's the language they speak. She's had opportunities taken off her and all the rest of it. And she thinks, right, I kind of get it done because it's everything's against me. So maybe I should break the rules if they don't mean anything or whatever. And she turns. Let's finish was great. Like, she used her savvy and skill to try and do something, and she just got fell on top of. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't Nia Jax being particularly skilled. It was just kind of a right place at the right time. And Raquel Rodriguez, the character, was probably thinking, what more do I need to do? At a Sorry, that is my alarm. <laughs> Why have I got an alarm? You've had it set, <laughs> you've had it set for several years, saying, like, if you ever praise Nia Jax, your phone's going to go up and tell you, Sis, what are you <laughs> <Yeah>. doing? <laughs> uh, just, why is that? 1128. <laughs> That's so specific. <laughs> you know what it is? It was something from the Sunday dinner I made on. Ah, what yeah, you, what you get? Well, it's just the timings. What was what was the what was the roast? Pork. Nice. Pork. Roast potatoes. Um roasted honey glazed carrots. Broccoli. And James Martin's Yorkshire puddings. Wow. Why don't you just get it's your a own? ready mash for the kids? <laughs> But I'll take a spoonful, put a little bit of uh, whole grain mustard in there, and that is good. It's one of the best gravies I've ever made. So I think it was the carrots from Sunday. Apologies, everyone. <laughs> thought Your on thoughts on uh, Sunday roast? Love Sunday roast. Never he can actually make them as I, well. Yeah, I, my, yeah, I'm not anywhere near as good as Sage. Or my wife, for that matter. Who does I don't know, you know, I've tasted mine, and I've never tasted yours. Maybe it is good. It was one of the few things I was actually taught to cook. By my mom, and that was twenty years ago. And that <laughs> list had three things on it, and that's still pretty much what I'm stuck with. Uh, I this was a total over delivery. Um, what? <laughs> so it just reminded me that I, when I went to uni, my mom left me a, or wrote me a cookbook, and like some of it was like the most. I mean, I realise you're a student, but it's like beans on toast. It's like <laughs> put beans in pan. Heat for three. My favorite thing is to say, like, you know, put beans in pan. Whilst beans are in pan, put toast on. Or put, <laughs> bread, put bread in toaster. <laughs> I'm picturing you forgetting to do the bread in the <laughs> no, toaster bit. This is the best bit. So it'd have all the, like, beans in pan, toast, butter, bread to make toast, pour beans on. And then the last one would always be eat. How <laughs> 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 are you going to do all that and go, don't know what to do now? <laughs> oh, I've done it wrong. Beans all up your cheeks. Mom! Uh, sorry, yeah, you're the uh, match. I, I know what I was going to say now. We try and flag up on this podcast uh, wrestling being pretty misogynist and sexist. Yes. And one of the ways in which I think mainstream North American wrestling is very sexist is that it doesn't book women based on their wrestling style or their size mm. in the way it does men. It's just like there's all these different men with all these different styles. Women's division. <laughs> yeah. And they've all pretty much got to wrestle roughly the same way or rely on the same tropes or whatever. And I think... Like, this was a good example of how WWE are trying to move away from that. Like, Charlotte Rhea Ripley was another case of that earlier this year. Charlotte Flair, to be fair to her, in all that she's a total catastrophe on television, and that's hilarious and brilliant in its own way, she is physically bigger and stronger than so many of the women, and they finally seem to figure that out. She's hard as friggin' nails. Yeah. So when she goes in there to those big matches, you just get to see these, like, bloody-nosed fights, and they're brilliant, and it's what Charlotte Flair should be, rather than, say, I don't know, like, trying to work a technical wrestling match against Bailey, for example. Mm. Just one works and one doesn't. Um, and this was a great example of that. I think, like, Nia Jax, of course she was always going to be positioned as a monster, but she was never 
really that effective as one first time around. No. And you're seeing it. I just think the matches are agented better this time. And because of Raquel Rodriguez's size as well, here she was effectively cast as somebody that might slay the monster and just failed on the night. I'm not convinced that this... I think they still will turn a heel. I just think fans were behind that simple story because if this was a men's match with wrestlers like this, that's what you do. Can this like woman that's almost as big slay the monster... Not quite. Like, that sort of agent is, should be applied to women based on different shapes and, and sizes. And it could be a long-term thing as well of, like, bloody hell, even Raquel Rodriguez couldn't pick Nia Jax up. Can anyone? Here comes Jay Cargill. Well, here comes Rhea Ripley. Oh, Rhea Ripley. That yeah, title yeah. match is sat in the background, you know? No. It just it was quite uh, notable that just such an easy, basic story, the likes of which we've all watched and enjoyed throughout our wrestling fandom, got such a louder reaction than countless mm. back and forths from so-called better workers yep. on WWE television this year. Maybe this crowd was just up for it, though, because one of those exact identical matches happened later yeah. and uh, got a reaction for once. We could, off the back of our live show next, we could do the roast of the Dadley Boys, and it's just you cooking dinner for everyone. Oh, there's food content to come out of me and Cedric one day that's going to be as stunning as it is absolutely disgusting. Guess who's cooking weird? <laughs> <laughs> right, there was a, a Zion Lee video package ahead of her match with Becky Lynch. Uh, she was hitting a punching bag with Becky's face on it. Um, <laughs> and then again, we go backstage. And Sorry, I forgot to say, backstage uh, in this weird little room, you had uh, you had Rhea Ripley, yeah. you had uh, Dominic Mysterio, mm -hmm. you had Finn Balor, and you had Senor Money in the Bank, and of course, collectively, they're in the... F in judgment day, yeah. And you see. And you see. And we're going late. <laughs> Priest getting frustrated because Drew's not there. Drew finally shows up, says, uh, yeah, I think I'll be doing the advantage match. I'm going to kick someone's ass. Uh, I don't like anyone in the judgment day, says Drew, but I really don't like Jey Uso. Uh, and Priest's like, well, I don't really like you either, to be honest, because you cost me the world title, if you remember. They argue a bit, and then Priest says, fine, you represent us. Go and show your worth. And McIntyre says, hmm, good leadership. Yeah, all right. Keen to see how it plays out in war games. And that makes one of us. Uh, we get a video package for the women's war games match. Obviously, all the stuff that, uh, that was set up on SmackDown. Yeah, I saw it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and Michael Cole said, thanks to Ruffles, you can decide which team gets the advantage. So they knew... We speak a lot about sexism and misogyny on this podcast. Fan vote. Huge bloodbath, like... Did you think this is just them getting away from the fact that we always say every year, Sid, just make both teams... No, just book an angle. Both, both heels. Toss a coin with two sides, and the heels say heads. Can you imagine if this is, like, in the forum era, where, like, sort of all the, like, discerning WCW and NWA fans are like, guys, we need to hijack the vote and vote for the heels. The war games is going to work for this business instead of being sanctity like, of war. Yeah, yeah, instead of just like I'm just going to vote for the baby. I like the baby yeah. faces. I will vote for them. They, they just want the baby faces know, to get the advantage because Triple H is obsessed with the one on one. I know the dynamic doesn't work, but it's Crisp's fault, guys. Yeah. So basically, yeah, they will rig it to get the baby faces the advantage. Yep. And Triple H can do his favorite pastime, which is calling WWE fans stupid and impatient and ignorant. Let's go. Don't look at me. <laughs> Don't look at me. It's the fans who said it, you know. I, I unless unless they take Shotzi out, not suggesting that Shotzi shouldn't be in this match, but you've talked about the the, the law of this sort of thing happening, yeah. and then so they they're sort of at disadvantage until a fourth member shows up. Jay Cargill. I thought you were going to say like the Ruffles mascot. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. 
I'll, uh, hang on, I'll look into it. I'll back the game Triple H, but don't try and make me turn heel on crisps. I'm picking crisps any day of the week, pal. Ooh. Don't blame crisps for this when you're bad. Well, that's bucket. it, that's it. That's what they're asking. They're Wait asking a minute. to blame crisps. Yeah. Less a game, which is meant to be fun, pressure. Hot the more corner. the most impossible question Michael Hamflet has ever been asked. I'm feeling the red button memes coming, Sitch. Did it, did it, did it, did it. You have two choices. Yeah. Either continue to watch WWE programming. Love it. Or continue to eat crisps. Oh, man. Either you never watch a single minute of WWE television again in the future. Um, or like uh, Either you can't watch a single episode of WWE television paper if you not one second of WWE. <sighs> or the alternative is you can never have a crisp again in your life. And just to see if this might sway, I want to show him the picture of the uh, the mascot from Ruffles. This is the fourth person on the baby face. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> right, injure Shotzi now. Uh... Oh, He's got sunglasses on. Both things I have loved, and they haven't always loved me back. I think that's safe and to say. And you've liked them both at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Will Ruffles. I think <laughs> someone's done fan art of Ruffles on a pole. Could we argue that both have been bad for my health in various different ways? I think I'd have to... There's no argument. They have. All right, thanks. I'm doing what <laughs> I can. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing enough. I think I'd have to drop the crisps, you know. I think I, I would have to get rid of the crisps. Right. Like, un- unless, of course, that we just eventually naturally morph into a crisp podcast so gradually that nobody notices. And then all our content is crisp-based, then, you know, one's got to pay the mortgage, doesn't oh, yeah. it? Like, but right now, soz crisps. I'm out. Pringles, are we allowing them or not? No, they're crisps. Yeah, Whole they thing's crisps. gone. Yeah. I know, so. And not Sky or no? Yeah. Can we, can so we have can, them instead of crisps? You could just, like, sort of morph into a, a bit of nuts, nuts person, yeah. yeah. Like you did at uni. Just like learn how to cook, and then he can have like really, really nice food and your beloved WWE at the same time. My dry roasted peanut sandwiches on a tray <laughs> in front of Raw. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Perfect day. Pillow tray. Pillow tray, peanut sandwich. Discovery. On Discovery Plus. <laughs> Greatest morning. Big telly. Big telly Raw. Did you watch it on Big Telly? Yeah. Brilliant. But like Borat when he sits in that chair and he thinks he's the king. <laughs> Great. Jey Uso uh, Cody Rhodes Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins (laughs) Do you like that on it? Uh, They metal backstage (laughs) It's like you've got no control I'm going to have to I'm (laughs) pointing my dick Instruct you to suck (laughs) Seth and Jay both fancy a fight against... I like Cena, get your head down there and suck it. <laughs> You're that kid on that documentary. That's <laughs> what he says. <laughs> yeah, I want to fight that kid in DX in 20 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just an expression, you know. I'm not saying that. Get your head down in there and suck it. That's what he says. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, they all want to fight. Oh, sorry, Seth and Jay both want to fight. Drew so Rollins says, "Like, I'll send. I'll put a link in there. The <laughs> on X just to. Uh, there is a kid who said that when 
Who was it like a big American TV network was doing this big sort yeah. of like uh, ban this sick film piece? The latest thing on yeah, the on the attitude video. era, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they had like and this is the kid defending himself. Yeah. They had like a funny like almost like a wrestling adjacent name as well. It was like the Savages. Or yeah, like that. Yeah, there was yeah. some sort of name that was loosely associated. Oh god, that's got me. So Jay's gonna fight, Drew's decided. Um, but they need a fifth member. Um Rollins has got an idea for a partner. Zane says, just to clarify, can we have people from SmackDown? Yes. Right, he's going to go and have a word, and Road says, I've got an old friend that I'm going to go and contact, and I'm sure that he'll come through. More on this later. Uh, and then we got Becky Lynch versus Zaya Lee, uh, Lyra Valkyria, uh, NXT Women's Champion. They will be fighting tonight on NXT, NXT Preview later on today. What culture wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. She's watching. Uh, Becky Lynch has the edge early on. Uh, Zaya catches with a kick on the apron as we go to a break. When we come back, Zaya Lee's been dominating. Becky Lynch fights back, hits a Bexploder for a two, puts her in an arm bar, but Lee canters out, out that into a cradle. Lee hits her with an airplane spin and gets a two count. A middle rope superplex from Becky Lynch gets her a near fall. Lee manages to hit that KO kick of hers, but Lynch spills out of the ring. She's a bit all over the place. Tells the referee she's can continue, though. Uh, Lee tries to hit the kick again, but Lynch ducks, posts her, uh, and they both collapse and just make it in at the count of nine. Lynch hits a manhandle slam and gets the one, two, three. I've compared Becky Lynch a few times to 1995 Bret Hart, and I appreciate that's a very, very lofty ceiling for a hit. But it's not based necessarily on like all of these matches being fantastic, as most of Bret's were in 95. It's the range of... Half from Backland, of course. <laughs> yeah. Nobody got anything out of back. No. <laughs> it's the range of opponents she's been no given. The I quit match where he doesn't say I quit. Yeah, he just kind of goes. Uh, uh, like, so where Piper yeah. asks Brett, who's applying the submission, <laughs> do you quit? He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> F off, Roddy. <laughs> That's what I say. That's what we're all saying by then. Uh, oh, even Brett hates that one, doesn't he? He calls Aye. it his worst match. She is having these matches where just a range of opponents yeah. she's being asked to get something different out of. Just It's like... It's boring analysis, really, but like I just really enjoy the structure of these matches. She is entering that like ring general phase of her career where she's been the world champion, where she can be slotted in mm. as a top star, as she has been with War Games. If she's needed for a title program, which we assume will be Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania, it's completely believable. None of her star power feels like it's diminished when she drops down to help others. It's I think the opposite. I think she's a promoter's dream. Yeah. I think Becky Lynch is a dream member of your roster because these matches are such a standard. Like I said yesterday, it's yet again, I think this will be a case of Becky Lynch like elevating pretty poor booking and leaving you with a memory of something like quite effective. Mm. This wasn't quite the cage match with Trish. It wasn't quite the uh, the two matches with Tiffany Stratton. But this was a strong bit of business and like Zia Lee's best thing she's done by far, yeah. and we're saying that about Becky Lynch's opponents over and over again. They, they, considering how badly, I mean, you pointed out week after week how badly that they've set up the kick, and they sort of had to really work it with the video package. Of like, look at this KO kick, not that one, all that <laughs> one, but like they built it really well in this match of like, oh god, if she hits that, that's it, it's game over. Uh, Becky's great. Becky is great in the ring. Getting to the point now where I do wish. She could flex this form against, like, really, really great opponents. But there's time. Yeah. There is time. And um, this wasn't a great match. If there are lapsed um, fans who listen to our podcast, and thank you for that, who do so just to catch up and they might sort of want to dip their toes, I wouldn't necessarily go out of your way to watch it. Mm. I would describe it as more impressive than great in and of itself. Um, there were certain times when Xia Lee was loading up that kick with, a, you know, the dramatic registering 
of the um, impact, and Becky just kind of ducked a bit early. I don't think it was that great. Mm. Certainly hot. It was certainly, as Hanford says, the best thing Xylee's ever done, and she's not really had the chance to do much else. Um, but, again, the difference is... And, you know, this isn't enormously wonderful television in and of itself, but the difference is watch literally every other Xylee match and then this, mm. and it is worlds apart. Like, worlds and worlds apart. Becky Lynch is just that good at what she does. Two unintentional poppers on this show. One we'll get to a little bit later on. Uh, and It's sort of awkward because they had a video package later on saying, hey, make sure you check out NXT and make sure you do it. It's the best wrestling show of the week. Um but they called Zaylee unstoppable. <laughs> Literally just been stopped about an hour ago. Yeah. But yeah, I get what they're doing. Anyway, post match, damage guitar coming through the crowd to, to kick Becky Lynch's AS. Uh, but they get attacked by Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, and Shotzi, and a big brawl breaks out and all the security piling after separating them. And then there's a sort of Young Bucks esque continuation after they get separated, which I really like. Shut up, man. But you don't see it much in WWE. Typically, no, that is it. And they did. The music was playing. Yeah. It was like, we're going to break. No, we're not. We're still If fighting. anything, the wall, invisible wall is visible in, w, in AEW these days. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, not, um, let's not compare some WWE angle to the full gear go home closing angle, <laughs> which is one of the best things you'll ever see in your life. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Ludwig Kaiser is uh, backstage. He's pissed off with Giovanni Vinci. Um, <sighs> And uh, Vinci says, hey, 
He's trying to do what's best for Imperium. I'm just trying to do what's best for... Uh, Kaiser tells uh, Vinci, hey, you stay in the back. I'll take care of Johnny Gargano. And then we got Johnny Gargano. Skip. 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 Vinci came out and distracted him. And Kaiser got hit with the one final beat. Yeah. It's a bit better. Rubbish finish. Generic. Good match action. Um, louder than usual. Uh, skip means skip. I should shut up. <laughs> <laughs> And of all that, it's now time for this. It's short, it's crap, it's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it! This week's five star review review is brought to you by. We're going to do that tonight. A live show. What? Depends if we do a five star review. And there's anything to skip on our live show. I sincerely doubt it. Oh, we'll see. We will see. You got a ticket. And hey, maybe it won't be the last time of a live show. It might be, probably will be, but you know, it might not be. Just saying. Chris, anyway, Chris, uh, this week's <laughs> five star review review is brought to you by Rich. If you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related for us to review, you can either do so on Apple Podcasts or leave us a five star rating on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And then email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com, which is exactly what Rich has done. Rich writes, Good afternoon, legends from Philadelphia's backyard, beautiful New Jersey. You guys are amazing. Uh, oh, wait. Huh? Always bring a smile to my face. Love the videos. Keep up the great work. As for my review, I'd like to talk about CM Punk, the Punkers, second run in AEW. It's short, crap, and wrestling related. But seriously, please do something with the Nightmare Collective so Sid has to relive some of the worst AEW has ever seen. Oh, boy. P.S. Wilborn, my part of New Jersey is not North Jersey, so don't bother with the Sopranos impression. Feel free to make this in a funny voice. <laughs> You think someone outside of Philly would sound like? Cheers, Rich. Thanks, Rich. Philadelphia. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, Rich. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Nightmare Collective. Um, have it over to you. Take us back. AEW used to be the promotion where every year was defined by all of this incredible action and one total dud. The uh, the housemate you didn't like in a house of maybe six or seven uh-huh. that just made life easy for everybody else. It's like that's made this like otherwise utopian situation a bit. Normal. Uh, the guy who did the dishes just by pouring a kettle over them. <laughs> that kind of absolute trash. The one that never bought the milk. That kind of thing. It was his. Same yeah. guy. Same guy. <laughs> they always have the same treats. <laughs> and you know, and if anyone is listening and it's not, and you know that's you, change your ways. Yeah, change everybody your else life. is talking about you. Uh, and the night in the kettle. I forgot about that one. Oh, they Done. I get it. If you've got a stubborn uh, bit of food... You can do that. Soak it, yeah. And then you return to uh, the job and finish it. The uh, Simpsons nailed the little one, didn't they, with the staple in the banana? The yeah. Like people like that as well. Bag of rubbish, mate. Come on. Do you know what I used to do? I, I'll hold my hands up here. One thing I used to do, uh, limited uh, drying space in our house. Mm. And I'd sometimes I'd wake up and be like, oh, bloody, I've got no clothes to wear. I need to wash some clothes. And I'd... Wash them. We had a fancy. We had a dryer in our uh, in our accommodation, and uh, I sometimes would look in it and be like, "Oh, so and so's stuff's already in there." When he gets back from work, he's gonna wanna because he did the job. We worked as well. He's gonna wanna uh, take that out and hang that up. So I just take his stuff out of the dryer, put mine in, dry it, hang it up, and then put his stuff back in there. Like oh, that's magically uh, <laughs> swap places. Apparently, how did they do that? Yeah, what a git I was to live with. But hey. <laughs> You know now that it's a bad thing and you wouldn't do it. Oh, yeah. So, again, if you're listening, don't be the housemate. Don't be the housemate, which is what the uh, Nightmare Collective was to the otherwise (laughs) utopian AEW. Look, my uh, memories of it, thankfully, are pretty hazy now, which is a bugger, right? 
because uh, I'm probably going to have to direct it at you, Will Bond. So you've probably got no input on this. I was looking, if you've got them, for like 120,000 passionate insight for words on this specific era. I've, of re- I've, written like, I've written like probably at most 500 words on this. What the frig am I going to do then? You want how many? Like I'm after like 120,000 ideally, and they've got to be passionate and insightful. No, I can't help you. Uh, well, and another problem, I've just moved house. Where do I'll you li- live now? I live in the world now. Okay. So yeah. Any ideas? Whoa! Whoa! What's that out the buckle? <laughs> it's 120,000 passionate and insightful words all about the formation and indeed rise of All Elite Wrestling called Becoming All Elite the rise of AEW, <laughs> in which, yes, the Nightmare Collective is covered. Um, oh, it was Bobbins. <laughs> <laughs> it was amateur dramatics. It was just really pretentious in the worst kind of way. Like, good stuff that thing that insists upon itself, mm. to use that family guy gag, shout out Matt Rains. Is bad enough, but when it's rubbish and it insists upon itself, it just develops into mm. this whole new realm of cringe and, and that wrestling thing where like it was unfixable. So they thought, "We'll keep trying to fix it, yeah, yeah and they like, change it and make it worse." Yeah. And, like, so the general gist is that Brandy Rhodes sought to unleash Awesome Kong. Great idea, but the wrong time because sadly, considering how awesome she was, she really genuinely was thrashed at that yeah. point. They then tried to use. Um, the stable, as they did with several others around this time, it wasn't quite as halcyon as Hamlet makes out as um, a recruitment yeah. thing. So the episodic um, weekly TV would be, do you want to be in the Nightmare Collective? And someone would go, no. All right, cut your hair off then. Okay, what? <laughs> that spooky stable not for you? Do you want to be in the Dark Order? Yeah. <laughs> got a few. <laughs> Kicking around. Got a few. <laughs> Tony two times, man. He's always <laughs> been at it. He's always been at this. And then it was Mercy killed after Luther, who still dragging down acts to this day. He's still, there. He's still there. Because he's Chris Jericho's mate. Yeah. Um, just got laughed at, basically. Are we, and we don't laugh out, Luther. I realized <laughs> realize making my notes and shout out to Kid Icarus for, for keeping a track of all this. I was like, oh, yeah, we've done the Nightmare Collective before. We've done the, is it like a Statlander match where, oh, God, <laughs> Luther just shows up. Oh, uh, I, because I was, uh, was that Rio versus Statlander? Yes, yeah. that was the one. Because what happened was, it was, that was January 8, 2020. Because mm-hmm. January 1, 2020 was like, the power's back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh, whoo. <laughs> oh, it's still good. This thing I've dreamt of. That felt like this tulpa I had created after <laughs> after literally spending four three years of my what culture career just trying to just scream into a void that wrestling should be more like this. And the void just answered back. <laughs> I didn't expect that to happen ever. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, it's finished. Oh. In record time, actually. <laughs> What's that in the void? Oh, it's Mel. Yeah. Oh, hi, Mel. Uh, you're and then January 1st was like, oh, are the elites still elite? And then you got the hangman page. Yeah. Classic. Um, and I was like, all right, okay. Woo! Power's <laughs> back. And then the next week, it's like, oh, Statlander versus Riho. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome because that's probably the best women's match yeah. mm-hmm. that they could do. And then the Nightmare Collective come out to do that. And then, um, yeah, Letha comes out and ruins the whole thing. <laughs> do you want to know a little bit of pretty awesome and... Sliding doors, terrifying trivia about those two weeks of AEW Dynamite. Yes, mm-hmm. are you ready for yeah. this? 
Right, so that Dynamite, January 1st, uh-huh. Cody versus Derby, Elite versus the group oh, that yeah. would be called Death Triangle, oh, Moxie versus Trent. Oh, you had the stuff with the car. Um, and a pretty oh, good yeah. four-way women's oh, match. Yeah. Um, good Jericho promo. Just felt like vibes of back. It was in dailies. It was just lush. Right, okay. In the week later, it was, oh, the Nightmare Collective are back and they are worse than ever. <laughs> oh, that's a bit of a blip. That's not good. But you'd thought, well, last week's was such a return of form that we'll just kind of, we'll bury it, but we'll just hope that it's not the norm. Mm. And they listened when the Dark Order was rubbish, so they'll listen to this. Yeah. They'd earned the trust from a week, Okay. That Statlander versus Riho match and the accompanying angle with the debut of Luther was originally intended, I think, I think I might be getting my facts wrong now that I'm saying it out loud, <laughs> but I'm fairly certain that match was scheduled for that show and then they changed it to a four-way women's match because Statlander, in a lol WCW moment, had already committed to an indie. Oh, yes! They'd, telling me this. They'd put her on that show... Right on the first, and like, all right, okay, well, now nah, she it's probably better if she honors the booking. I don't think they would do that now, to be fair. Look at Moxley and Island. Mm. Um, but I that could have happened on the oh, the, oh, the elite still elite. It's the basic subject we're back, we're back, we're back. Well, you're not, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just turned up. But I so they eventually realized how dismal it was. Um, Tony Khan in that holiday season. Which started in his house in July. Remember that? <laughs> um, I love that when he's like, um, "Oh, you know, I had did some introspection over the holidays, and I decided to basically quietly d- uh, abandon, disband the creative committee, um, and just, you know, no longer everything had to go through me. I had to approve everything because until then, the implication was, oh, this rubbish thing that somebody else wants to do. Tony Khan would be like, okay, you can do it. It's a committee. And he's like, no, this won't do. This Mm. is kind of serious. We need to change the way we operate here. Um, Funny, I thought he did that in December, but according to him, he did that before the launch of Dynamite in July with his Christmas tree in his house. (laughs) How's he uh, got so much free time over Christmas? Like, I've been doing this six months. Yeah, (laughs) so how's everybody taking some time off? So that is the abbreviated story of the Nightmare Collective, but maybe how do they disband? Well, Brandy's uh, gone to therapy. She goes to the Atlanta Behavioral Center, and the therapist there. And uh, stick around for this for the uh, big, big thing at the end. Hi, Brandy. Can you tell me uh, why do you think you're here today? And Brandy's she's looking all dressed up. She's got a dress on. She's got a fancy hat on. She says, "Well, my husband asked me to come. Uh, I suppose he's worried about me, something like that." The therapist is like, "You've recently had a head injury at work, yes?" Brandy says, "No, I've not had a head injury." And then they literally. Splicing the footage of her smashing her head against the railing after Cody accidentally. She takes the bullet for Cody against the Guevara dive. And uh, therapist goes, oh, okay. This is is me acting, but also the therapist acting. Okay. Never had any head trauma. You see over her shoulder her writing in the book. The only note she has written on this entire page in all caps is, MEMORY LOSS! (laughs) (laughs) Therapist goes, uh... Why don't you uh, tell me a little bit more about this new group of friends that you have, the Nightmare Collective? And he says, uh, so, there's uh, Awesome Kong. She's a monster. <laughs> she uh, she really likes hair. She likes to cut hair, and she likes to smell hair. And they show footage of that, just in case you're not sure. <laughs> awesome Kong in the YouTube comments, oh, I wish I was there. <laughs> then there's Mel. Mel just kind of wanted to fit in. So she got rid of all that hair, and look at her now. Okay. Awesome Kong, was it? <laughs> Free air. <laughs> I love it. Match made in heaven, if anything. <laughs> and then there's Luther, and we obviously cut to a 
There's Luther. Okay. And she just goes, Luther loves blood. It's his description. Therapist completely <laughs> no-sells all this. <laughs> do you, uh, do you know what the definition of a cult is, Brandy? A cult is just a relatively small group of people with certain beliefs or practices that other people might deem sinister. <laughs> Brandy goes, you think we're a cult? Is that what you think? You've been reading the internet? Because that's their little hot <laughs> issue. You know, Brandy, mate. Like, ah. It's your fault, if anything. Oh, God. Of course not. Let's just move on, says the therapist. Brandy, you know, sometimes... You know... <laughs> sometimes when people you know. are... Sometimes when people are fearful, uh, they can create alternate personalities. For example, I think the real Brandy's afraid. Maybe people won't like her. Do you think it's possible you've created this character, this alter ego, to help you cope with that? And Brandy goes... Should you like a week 12 revelation here? <laughs> Brandy goes, oh, my God. You've nailed it, right? I think I figured it out. I, oh, I think I understand. I don't have to be this person. I think we made some serious progress here, Doc. I've never felt so clear in my entire life. Two minutes into therapy, this, by the way. I've never felt so clear in my entire life. I feel like I, I can move forward. I think you're right. There's nothing wrong with me. And then the shot changes. And she's not in a fancy dress and a fancy hat. She's just in casual clothes. And the doc she's been talking to is a beanie baby. <laughs> I forgot about this. I forgot about the twist ending. They did a follow-up where it was like, no, no, no it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, memory loss. I'm sorry about that. And uh, it's not you to do this nightmare collective thing. No, it isn't, right? Okay, let's just stop. Yeah. <laughs> let's just <laughs> nip that in the bud. So uh, we go to the comment section. Once again, these do not reflect the views of myself, Michael Havlett, Michael Cedric, Adam Nichols, or anyone at What Culture Wrestling. Oh, I'm worried about this one. Well, some of them, they start... Because as much as she... Brandy Rhodes has done some not particularly great things on TV. I think she's it's more uneven than bad. Mm. She's got some great promos. Yeah. People hate Brandy Rhodes. Yeah. Uh, first comment we get here, Sige, yep. is from uh, Munchie, who says, so we all imagined that the psychiatrist was there too. It's a bit like the WCW Warrior moment. Yeah. It's, it's like, what's the uh, character in Family Guy? The uh, Randy Newman. Just type in what he says. Yep. Hey, guys. Just me, or did you think she was talking to a therapist? Huh? Watch till the end. Uh, Rex writes, I'm not going to lie, for weeks I've been getting annoyed by this angle, but, all caps, this video baggage was fire! <laughs> Can't wait to see how it unfolds now. And people are like, oh my God, are we going to get therapy session two? A drain bamager. <laughs> <laughs> fire! With all the flames and put yeah. out by crying sideways laughing emojis. Uh, Quiet Mind Yoga says this totally saved the Nightmare Collective story. It was starting to feel like the Dungeon of Doom. Now it's feeling like long-term storytelling with nuance and depth. Well done. Nope. They found a bump that tried to make sense of it all. What if we um, put a Binny Baby in there? They went to absurd lengths to retcon it when they could have just went, like, get rid of that. Do you think in the first pitch as well? She pitched for uh, Lil Bran Bran instead of the Beanie Baby. It was like an advert for the f- action figure. Ah. Well, should have. Yeah. Uh, sex Toy A539. As opposed to the um, A538 other sex toys <laughs> in, in, the, in the YouTube comment section. You go one by one. <laughs> sex Toy 2. Sex Toy 3. <laughs> uh, just right, it's already better than the Royal Rumble. 
What year was this? So 2020? The Royal Rumble was so good. The Royal Rumble was, was class. The it was one of the best. Rock won the Edge comeback, the Drew win. It was such a great rumble. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Boy. <laughs> he was that big mother. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, dear. Uh, Jet writes... <laughs> writes... Jet. Crazy or not, she's still smoking. All right, Jim Carrey. Did you write this one? Yeah. I did like it. <laughs> uh, once again, he's not referring to use myself, Hamlet Sage, Nicholas. Uh, Paul K. Um, you know, wants to focus on, on the important stuff here, Sage. It's all elite wrestling, isn't it? So he writes, let's wrestle. Sorry, no, he says, let's wrestle between the sheets. That's Uh, Zach just writes, oh my God, just let me drink a shower water. <laughs> Why is that weirder than bath water? Yeah. It, it's like, Look, oh, most of it's going all on. the mainstream people are going bath water, I'm going to shower. <laughs> it would, that's it. Yeah, you'd look at, oh, <laughs> I can just, can just <laughs> scoop it. <laughs> Quick, 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 stop it. That's been on a skin. <laughs> That's what they say, not me. <laughs> uh, uh, final couple of comments. We'll go back to the board in a second. Carlos writes, She never shows the socks she wears. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Socks is a new one for me. Another waste of two hours watching Dynamite. <laughs> now, wait a second. She's not in the dressing room. Maybe we'll see the socks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. The therapist disappeared. But what about the socks? Huh? What happened then? <sighs> Final comment comes from Simon. It's sort of uh, circling back to a, a classic of ours. Uh, <laughs> right. I would... <laughs> <laughs> I would pay legit money just to be your wedgie. <laughs> oh, God. Shoot cash. Yeah. <laughs> legit money. <laughs> to become what? To become a sentient pair of... But just the wedgie. She's like, one picks a wedgie and it's like, oh, nothing now. <laughs> no, that was, that's it. That was that's obsolete now. Hell of a second. Worth all my legit money. So thanks, Rich. Worth every that. legit penny. Oh, dear. Thank you for that. If you want to... Uh, like Rich, does just something short, crap, and wrestling related for us to review. Uh, you can either do so on Apple Podcasts or leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And then email it to me, adam.wilborn. We need it for this. Whatculture.com. Back to Monday Night Raw. Uh, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven are arguing with Adam Pierce. Piper Niven did get a disgusting in here, which popped me. <laughs> you know, uh, you and know. then. All the teams just start piling in. Natalia and Tegan Knox want a title shot. Katana Chance and Caden Carter love to have fun and don't abide by the rules. They they want a title <laughs> shot. Uh, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell have recovered from their head trauma and now they want a title shot. Uh, and then Maxine Dupree and Ivy Nail Ivy Nail show up. Who's Ivy Nail? <laughs> and uh, Jimmy Nail's sister shows up. <laughs> She's lying. She's lying. <laughs> 
Uh, I think they showed, they were they weren't actually there for a title shot, but but Bojan and Pierce are like, you get a title shot, you get. And they're like, oh, oh, sweet. Ivan Argo goes, oh no, we don't actually. And Max Maxine Dupree, shush. I'm getting a four way. Uh, it was abysmal, wasn't it? Like this segment, <laughs> the match. Nice thing to say about the match. This was abysmal. Yeah, yeah it's abysmal. Uh, yeah, you want to have a go? <laughs> Rhea Ripley and uh, Dirty Dom go into their what they called clubhouse. The clubhouse. And please, Zoe Stark and Shayna Baszler have crashed the place and they're chucking cards about now. It'll take ages to tidy that up. Uh, Zoe tells Rhea, <laughs> uh, you're focused on everything but the thing you should be focused on. I love what you've done with the place, but what really sticks with me is that title lying up right there. Come Survivor Series, you're coming home with me. And Rhea's like, hey, I respect you for coming into our clubhouse, but uh, I'm going to kick your ass in Survivor Series. Good, says Zoe, just the way I like it. What the f*** was this? <laughs> I like what you've done with the place. Similar to every other arena we travel to. <laughs> yeah. so, like every week, they make like they start talk, and like she can hit really hard. They have found ways to. This is like anti-promotion of what mm. she offers. I don't. It's I know it's, it's WWE, and there's vintage, one way vintage triple this. There is. <laughs> it's a bit of triple. Don't push her this way. No. Match all over. Deliver. Uh, maybe it won't because maybe it'll be heatless because the builds are nothing for them. Yeah, not less than nothing almost. Mm. Uh, four-way time, though, yeah, it was. Uh, Kane, Carter, Katana, Chance, Candice Ray, and Indy Hartwell, Maxine Dupree, and Ivy Nile, and Natalia and Tegan Knox, with Chelsea Green and Piper Niven on commentary. And uh, Chelsea Green keeps calling Michael Cole, Matthew Cole. <laughs> Matching gift. That's not his name. No. Matching Chris gear. Jericho, 1999. It's giving <laughs> Chris Jericho in 1999. Matching gear for three of the teams? Yeah. Like, like that. I, it was Natalia for me. Like, the, of all the people that stuck out, it was like, oh, bar is in hell. The bar is in hell. It was just like, she's trying to befriend Tegan Knox and be part of something. Bless her. 15-year pro, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, Maxine Dupree hits a splash on everyone on the outside to take us to a break. When we come back, Katana Chance uh, is beating up Natalia, but she comes back with a Mishinoku driver for a two-count. Ivy Nile, another nice showcase for her. Power bombs both Knox and Natalia out of the corner, uh, and that allows Carter to flip Katana Chance onto both of them for a nice two-count. Maxine Dupree comes in, hits uh, consecutive body slams on Tegan Knox and a caterpillar, uh, along with an elbow uh, into an elbow drop. Um, Dupree hits a Northern Light suplex for another two. Niall and Dupree hit Knox with a double vertical suplex. Niall goes up top and Natalia yanks her down. She tries a flying crossbody, but Knox rolls through. Cradles her. One, two, three. Knox and Natalia are the number one contenders. Uh, an impressive over-delivery this to me. I feel like, you know that clip of when the Ultimate Warrior has been an awful, awful man and Vince McMahon makes him film that apology and you can hear Vince in the background going, it's a work. Like sometimes I just want the turd to be polished because it's a work, <laughs> right? Uh, what they're doing with Maxine Dupree, this is like like a first match in ages, but they did it the last time as well. You can absolutely do. I can't wrestle, and I'm sort of figuring it out. Yeah, get over like gangbusters. People love when you got Ivy Nile in your corner. Yeah, like going for the power slam, the build up to the dive, all that stuff. Like just really great basic babyface stuff. And uh, Katana Chance and Caden Carter are so often the team that talk about how they're the only good team, and they never really get any sort of opportunities to show that that might be true. Their double team stuff here was yeah. legitimately impressive. It's not an every time thing, but no, sometimes, sometimes they're horrific at it. Yeah. Sometimes they have really good nights. When they follow the rules, it's so much better. Uh, sometimes they have really great nights, and this was one of them. I thought this was a decent bit of business. And again, they're kind of faking it until they make it with all these losers just gathered around backstage waiting to do something. But they're trying to tell you they've got a tag division, and matches like this will probably help. They won't. 
No, <laughs> you don't think so? Oh, well, 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 no. You didn't like this? Oh, so this just wasn't very good. <laughs> it was tighter than I expected. Yeah. It's not going to help the women's division, Hamlet. Let's uh, hold the horses here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I this Maxine Dupree stuff is uh, was charming for a week. In basically like in August or whatever. It if was. the gag is the juxtaposition of right, she can't wrestle. Has this kind of like really dorky. She sends herself up in the mm-hmm. role. If I was going to be very, very try to be objective, this is not the kind of thing I enjoy, right? She willingly, with the way she moves about, looks like a goofball, mm-hmm. and she commits to the bit. The juxtaposition of it worked early when it's like, all right, she's a goofball, she's doing this bit where she pretends she can't wrestle, and what the f***? Mm-hmm. That was a <laughs> Japanese ocean cyclone suplex. Yeah. I used to wait for that move to download on MP4 for two hours yes. in the uh, late 90s, and I've just seen it on Raw yeah. in a mid-card match with a newcomer. Yeah. What? <laughs> uh, basically, she needs to do uh, like a Ganzo bomb next week or something. Oh, you just keep leveling Yeah, up. yeah, because otherwise it's just uh, it's a bit, bit, bit dorky. Uh, Kaiser and Vinci are arguing backstage. Gunther flies in. Kaiser says, I believe he told him to stay away to Vinci, do his job. He's going fine. Gunther says, you never listen. Uh, I thought you could uphold the prestige of this group. You've disappointed me. Giovanni, well done again. Maybe the wrong person's in charge. Watch me handle the Miz. Learn a thing or two. So rubbish. Rubbish and pointless. And it doesn't diminish Gunther, as we'll get to in the slightest. But it does diminish these two. And there's no need yeah. to do that. They should be like Gunther's heaters and a super awesome like three-man faction when they needed to be. I, I don't get it. And I'm, other than last week when it was a little bit... I've never really got the need to do this. Huh. It's Triple H's like bloodlust for breaking up stables laid bare. Yeah. I can tolerate it to a certain degree. I do not get it with these three. No, it's just the same thing I say every week, so I won't say it again. Um, the men's tag teams are now arguing backstage, and Pierce books... It's Tony can't book this. Tag team <laughs> turmoil to determine them one contenders. 22 times. New Day, Indershare, DIY, Imperium, Alpha Academy, and the Creed Brothers. Uh, this did get a pop from me, not for any of the, you know, oh, curious, I was dancing with a the football belt or whatever. But <laughs> Bozeman Pierce going over to someone saying, can you um, can you call Nick Aldis, please, and uh, put him through to my office? And Nick Aldis says, no need. And he stood a yard behind him. <laughs> Wait, come back. And they're going to go on. off to have a chat. Again, it's hanging a lampshade on something that's rubbish. Like mm. the men, the, logically, all of them should go, ah, that's how you get a tag title shot. Let's just go and harass him. Yeah. And all the teams think that at the same time. But even then, it hasn't worked because it's like, we've been putting a much tougher match. How was that? How was that fair? It was it's dumb. But then, really dumb. I did think I was bobbins this. And I thought, oh, wait a second. Tag team turmoil. That means Creed Brothers could kick everyone's ass. Maybe I'm into it now. Yeah, that would be really... Yeah, they're perfect for tag team turmoil. What Who? The Creed's. Yeah, of course they are. What the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, this was great. So it turns out <laughs> great. Um... Really excited to see what you think of what came next because it was they hyped this up. Gunther and Miz face to face. I thought, Ugh, here go we go. Sesh. Here we go. He's going to read his Wikipedia page, and uh, well, we know we know what's coming. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't believe this. Yeah, I can't believe you've done this. Miz talks about Gunther showing him a left respect. Uh, I'm playing bones backstage now. <laughs> uh, that isn't that dead man. You're going to take a legacy to BSK forward. M-I-Z. <laughs> it's yours now. Thanks, dead man. 
<laughs> sure didn't go like that in the mid-2000s locker room. Of I'm Smackdown. sure it did not. Nice try, dead man, but I'm awesome, so. <laughs> hey, Bradshaw, <laughs> in his hat. Uh... <laughs> Gunther is out there as well. He says uh, he wants to make... Hawk. <laughs> but we still calls him that from back in the day. <laughs> You're on the real world. Is that right, Well, in this real world, <laughs> this dead man comes back from the dead. I'll show you what goddamn movie. You think I'm... F- you, uh, so you're from the real world, huh? You think I'm f- fake? <laughs> <laughs> is that what that means? Huh? You think I'm fake? No, Mark. It's a f- dead man! Call me by my first name, I'll kick your ass. And you were going to the bar, Mike. Okay, I'll guess. And you're say. paying. And you're paying. <laughs> we'll see what kind of chick magnet you are. Give me six women. Go. <laughs> you got ten minutes, kid. <laughs> I'm paying alimony out the ass for another divorce. How much you think this tattoo got to get removed? Give me six chicks, you chick magnet. I'll be playing phone in the corner with a godfather. Ever heard of him? <laughs> it's Savio! May as well get you a whiskey. <laughs> what the hell? I don't it? think uh, I'd love to say, get I'd... you a whiskey. <laughs> I'd love to see. Oh, the alarm's going off. <laughs> oh, it's not meant it was a. Oh, it's, oh, it's gone. It's gone. I'd love to see Mark show up on Miz and Mrs. You know what? Like, <laughs> Maurice's mum's been a nightmare, but thankfully Mark's coming over. That could totally work, because like Maurice and Michelle McCool could believably be like friends, ex-colleagues, yeah. sort of thing. Like, And it's that awkward thing where like, oh, I don't really get along with the husband. <laughs> Who's the husband, the Miz? It's the fucking Undertaker. It's the Undertaker. <laughs> Jesus, the Undertaker's coming over. He's really serious. I watch your show when I watch my one dead man show. Huh? <laughs> I got a new podcast you want to do that too. Ah, you're right. Thanks, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Mark. Bye, Mark. Thank God Undertaker's left. (laughs) Uh, Where are we? Oh, yeah, Gunther says he wasn't a lick of respect. (laughs) (laughs) The Gunther Taker. (laughs) He had no respect for Miz. The rings for fighters. Miz is only an entertainer. Uh, And Miz is like, thanks very much. (laughs) 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 By that compliment. Uh, Miz says, uh, grew up watching men like, ooh, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, Shawn Michaels, and Bret Hart. Uh, Why don't you mention my name, Mike? (laughs) (laughs) Don't respect a dead man is what I'm hearing. Oh, you see, I do faking you in the real world. (laughs) This is the real world here, kid. Get him, Kane. Get him, Kane. Get him, Hawk. (laughs) (laughs) Undertaker calls uh, Bradshaw Hawk. (laughs) Me, he does. <laughs> oh God! Sweep him, sick him, Savio. I'd I'd rather go to the Judgment Days Clubhouse than a uh, BSK Bones <laughs> any day. Bones Symposium. God, can you imagine? <sighs> it doesn't bear thinking about smashing bottles of Jack Daniels for Pat. Uh, yeah. Buy another one. <laughs> Waste it. <laughs> you're looking at Mike, that's yours. Drink it up. Drink it up. I don't want to see a shard of glass on that floor. Eat it. <laughs> uh, Miz worked hard for you so he could hold the title that his heroes held. Eight times, was it? Okay. Who cares? <laughs> Greenhorns lapping up Jack Downers off the floor so the dead man respects him. <laughs> I like this kid, Vince. Drank a whole bottle. <laughs> <laughs> and you eat it too. 
can't feel his tongue anymore. <laughs> Picking glass out of it. Real glass. <laughs> Grab the river. river. Punk wouldn't drink a goddamn drop of it. Asshole. Wouldn't wear a suit like the dead man. <laughs> that was right, wasn't it? Aye. Dickhead. He's, I hate him so much. Team story like eight minutes. Honestly. Back the, on the line, feel. Honestly, if Undertaker and Triple H never got involved in professional wrestling, it would be considerably bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we still remember the legends that Miz has mentioned because they aren't one-note wonders like Gunther. Uh, talks about Miz talks about adapting and changing over his career. Uh, Gunther hasn't been at the bottom. You only find out what he's made of when he hits the bottom. Could he climb the mountain again if he did? Well, his record-breaking Intercontinental Champion. What are you talking about, Mike? He's not licked Jack Danners up off the floor. No, he has not. They just well, say it out loud. Miz threatens to beat respect to Gunther. <laughs> Gunther says... I know I'm facing it, Savarro. Little Mike Mizani. Is that He's a little weirdo who got bullied in high school because he idolized all the wrestlers that he named. Finally, became sure the Miz was meant to be a jock. Well, a weirdo. Stick around because he says that you finally became a WWE superstar, and then you still got bullied by your fellow superstars because you didn't belong in this sport. Gunther says Miz, does, Miz doesn't belong in his ring. Uh, he belongs on the other side of the barricade. On the other side of the barricade with all the weirdos, the other weirdos. And there's you a US can't say marks. No. But that's what they meant. Yeah. But uh, then in doing so, you create the idea that the Miz was like an emo or something. Yeah. Which he wasn't. He and was like, Michael Cole was one of them. He was like a jock. Uh, there's a USA chat in here that... Gunther just completely shut down. Amazing stuff that nothing yeah. to do with the promo. And he was he basically just stopped short of saying, Stop being racist, losers. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah, he called the fans insecure like little Mike. Uh, and then he says, I think you've been bullied enough, actually. And he starts he starts shoving him and sticking shoulders into him. Oh. And why don't you defend yourself? Uh and uh yeah, he just he just keeps keeps needling Miz. Miz tries to fight back and Gunther just boots him. Gunther grabs Miz from behind, shoves the IC title in his face. Miz mule kicks uh, Gunther and hits the school crushing finale. Watch Michael Cole. Kind of ruins it. Yelling, uh, do it for all of us weirdos, Miz. <sighs> but uh, that... Unpressed. Yeah, that goal line <laughs> aside, you really like this. Yeah, like the, the verbiage here, other than Gunther's improvised stuff, was like putrid. Hmm. Um, like incredibly, inc- like even by WWE standards, so like selective. I understand what they're trying to say. Why couldn't they just say our oh, hardcore Holly didn't think much of you in 2006? Yeah. And I don't either, sort of thing. So they have to do instead of like Mark or you got bullied by the SmackDown locker room, which is the worst place. What's worse, BSK or the SmackDown locker room of the 2000s? The SmackDown locker room of the 2000s, yeah. actually. Um, <laughs> and who was in both? The Undertaker and Bradshaw. Yes. <laughs> I'm just asking questions. Hawk, come on. Hawk. Too much respect. Um, <laughs> The weirdo thing was so stupid. And Michael Cole, stand up for us weirdos, Mike. (laughs) What? That was stupid. I like this almost entirely because Gunther is incredible. So incredible, in fact, that I... How am I wanting The Miz to kick Walter's arse? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just the magic and the genius. That is Gunther, like... That bit where someone clearly doesn't want to fight so much so... It's probably not good babyface work, but I'm just... Let's concentrate on Gunther to get some joy out of this. When someone's like shoulder barging your shoulder blade Oof. from behind, it's like, oh, they just don't want part of it. Just go away, back off. You're a horrible bully. Though Gunther's body language here was absolutely unbelievable. I'll tell you what. AEW, 
spent almost the entirety of 2022, on nine long months from the Dynamite After Revolution 2022 to our ROH final battle, this overlong, tell-done show, appealing to the gallery, pro wrestling versus sports entertainment storyline. It was like, oh, it's so lame. It's like really one-dimensional, mm. and like I just feel like I'm a... I really, I, I really rarely feel, watching AWTV, like a thick mark who just gets a slop to gobble down. <laughs> but they were basically trying to get me to go, oh, boo, sports entertainment. It's like, I like it sometimes. Yeah. Good sports entertainment is good. Yeah. Like, the BCC versus JAS hit me as much as anything as the uh, post-match of Savage Warrior from WrestleMania 7. Maybe you can start talking smack on sports entertainment. <laughs> um, this is better. <laughs> this is a better... But that exact dynamic of the clown, the showman versus the serious wrestler, this is better than that feud, other than the in-ring, which was goaded, because anarchy in the arena was part of it, yeah. obviously. I'm not that much of an idiot, but I... In terms of... I'm being facetious, but Gunther's body language was just expert here. Like, what a dickhead bully. He was <laughs> great. Out of absolute no message on the Miz and Gunther, are we? Are we? Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Never saw it coming. Never Maybe a little seen bit. It but we'll, I'll reserve judgment on how um, insulting the match is. I think like they, how it's an even bigger test now because they've given you the Miz getting that one advantage in a believable setting where like Gunther had what was coming to him as well. That's something that would have been a great part of the match, and I think it was useful for the build but they've given it away here, so they've now got to do something else. Oh, to, I think they'll just redo it. That I think he's going to low blow and then hit a school country finale for a near fall. For a cool two count, yeah. Um, but it's whether or not it's just heated seen at the second yeah. time yeah. As, as the first, because they gave you something this here. This could be Gunther's masterpiece, and it might bloody have to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rollins is chatting with Jay backstage, saying, you better win. And Jay's like, yeet. Rollins is a bit, get me serious here. Jay sort of calms himself down before the uh, before the main event. Before that, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Chad Gable. Uh, Chad Gable takes out Nakamura with a cannonball to take us to a break early on. Uh, Nakamura's got the edge when we come back. Neck breaker and some strikes from Gable gets him a two count. Uh, a sliding German suplex and a flying knee strike gives uh, Nakamura a near fall two. But Gable hits a cliffhanger DDT and a diving headbutt for two. Somewhere in amongst all this as well, Cole gets a bit confused and starts calling Gable Angle. He was like comparing him to Angle and then just started straight up calling him Angle. Didn't he then try and recover it yeah. in a really dumb way? It was like, it's kind of a lot like uh, Angle actually, which is why I said that. Yeah. In a way. Uh, huh? Huh? Gable hit a stalling German suplex, a dragon suplex, goes for the moonsault, but Nakamura gets his feet up. It's a reverse exploder. Gable counters the Kinshasa into an ankle lock, but Nakamura manages to roll out of it. Uh, and the, the turnbuckle's been exposed. Nakamura just tries to shove Gable into it. He stops himself, but the hesitation in amongst doing all that allows Nakamura to roll up Gable and get the one, two, three. Nakamura has charmed me again. He uh, hasn't. He has for me. What's he doing this for? Like Punk's coming back on Saturday. I love the Otis cut and dried. Hmm? Yeah, it's definitely happening. Love the Otis match. Love this. What's he motivated for? Because I don't think it's for running the table with Alpha Academy. Uh, well, it's not CM Punk, is it? It's just not. What? So what's so he, what's he talking about? Well, I, he's invested. I'm I'm watching a Shinsuke Nakamura that feels like he's engaged Styles? in the work he's doing. <sighs> like why? 2019 when I still cared. <laughs> He's been, honestly, AJ Styles, the big... I think maybe a lot of people have got such nice memories of how great AJ Styles used to be. This is a completely incidental point 
I'll give you my brief thoughts on the match I'm meant to be reviewing. Imminently, <laughs> AJ Styles, the second half of this WWE run has been so whack. Would you say he used to be more of a rounded worker and it's all gone a bit flat? Yeah, I would say so. Mm. I would say so. He's the most flat top star in wrestling today. Um, well, your feet are flat, Sidgwick. There's just something about it. That makes <laughs> sense. Um, I, like, I didn't think much of this match. It was good. I think it was great. I didn't feel like anyone was dialed in. I mean, Gable's Gable. He's always awesome. But that was the deadlift for me. It's like, I think uh, Nakamura understood that assignment a little bit too literally. It's like he just sort of went, right, okay. Oh, good. Deadlift. Oh, good. I don't have to do anything here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Like he didn't actually do yeah. like a flail or anything. Markets, yeah. He just went. <laughs> Is it Cody then? It's not Punk. Oh, he's, he, look, it's plain, blatantly obvious. What has he just done? What has Shinsuke just done? Defeated Chad Gable. And therefore has defeated... Alpha Academy. Which you can shorten down to... AA. Who's the only other... Uh, who's another person who's beaten the AA? CM Punk. Kicked out of it. There you go. Yeah. Thank you very much. Right there. The evidence is there. Mm. Main event time? N- nearly. Judgment <sighs> Day approached McIntyre, uh, and he says, don't be at ringside. Priest says, uh, we're not offering anyway, so not bothered. McIntyre says, good. <laughs> Leaves. <laughs> if anything. Uh, there was a video I forgot to mention earlier with uh, Ivar looking sinister with Valhalla, challenging Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed accepts. For Survivor Series. No, I think this is just next for, for next week. I'm right. very excited because Bronson Reed says, I'm going to take your Viking ship. And I was like, huh? Viking rules match. But I think he was, it was just like, I'm going to take your... Viking ship and smash it with a tsunami or whatever. So I think it's just a one-on-one match. Still, though, big lads kicking each other's ass. Yeah, still be good. This Eyeball yeah. match, great. Sam, sounds fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Zayn and Rollins hype up Jay before the match. Um, there's a War Games video package as well. Uh, and Rhodes says, any luck finding a partner? And Zayn's like, uh, no, kind of hit a, a bit of a stumbling block on mine, which is appreciated. Kevin Owens, please. Yep. He's tried for Kevin Owens, but Kevin Owens has been suspended, so he can't be in War Games. Uh, Rollins says, I had no luck either. And Rhodes says, I don't know why Rhodes asked. Are like, you find anyone? I'm like, no. He's like, well, I have. Well, why don't you leave with that? <laughs> why, why don't you leave with that? He says, oh, yeah. Like, he's like, you know, I think it's a bit overrated, actually. It's been 20 years of this. <laughs> he says, uh, we're in business. Oh, friendless losers. I've got someone. <laughs> we're in business. Uh, he's in. And uh, I'll do some incredibly blatant teasers later on. And then we got Drew McIntyre. The, it was verbatim what we said when we take the piss of what yeah. they might do. It was uh, Drew McIntyre versus Jey Uso. For uh, the War Games advantage, McIntyre takes control, cuts off Jay's comeback and chucks him over an announced desk and takes us to a break. Jay avoids a charge. McIntyre posts himself. Jay hammers away in the crowd chant, yeet with every single strike. He hits a Samoan drop for a two count. But uh, McIntyre comes back, counters the clothesline into a neck breaker, goes for a claymore, but Jay super kicks him. Jay goes up top but gets crotched by McIntyre, who pulls him off. Future Shock DDT, one, two, three. Judgment Day have got the War Games advantage. Uh, post-match, here's Rhea Ripley, um, who tells uh, Drew to finish Jay off, and the rest of the Judgment Day are there to, to help. McIntyre's about to put Jay through a table, starts fighting back. Oh, that's when the rest of Judgment Day show up. Uh, swarm him, but then here comes Rollins, Rhodes, and Zayn with chairs to run out and make the save. Um, and they, they clear the ring. Cody grabs the mic and says, yep, yeah, we've got a fifth member. It's someone I've got a legacy with, and you, you look at us, you think we're all prey? Well, we're not prey, because we've got the apex predator, and the crowd's like, 
wait a second, that's Randy Orton. <laughs> and I started chanting Randy, and he says, yep, you're not hearing voices in your heads. The fans are right. He doesn't explicitly say Randy Orton, but it, I mean, he's, he's, he's all the way there. And, and if I was to say, you know, Judgment Day, come and shake my hand, <laughs> you would come and do it. Uh, it, the, the Check your gear because one of our partners might have taken a shit in it. <laughs> you get it? <laughs> I will say this. Subtleties aside, I did love the, the brief shot of Jay being like, oh, bollocks, it's Randy. Like, they've done it again with this Jay Uso character basically having to be the one guy that gets blamed for everything bad the bloodline did, you were instructed to look at this. Like, this wasn't like Jay a... being like, well, at least it's the last person I drew. He's turned heel, but I've cleaned it up with, with Sammy and Kev and Cody and what have you. Whew! I can finally relax in this. Oh, Randy Orton's back. Brilliant. Yeah, it's like, I think, uh, I think these baby faces lose on Saturday. And I think like... Randy Orton and Jay Uso. Like, you can basically do the Drew McIntyre thing, but Randy doesn't turn heel. They have their issues, but ultimately, you know, they find a way through it sort of thing, and it shows you the contrast of Drew McIntyre. And I hope that's the case, because surely Drew has basically had all the revenge he needs. He must really love the idea of a bloody steel cage, like Robert Stone likes brain surgery or something, because he got oh. all his revenge and more against Jay Uso here. This was... Oh, <laughs> sorry. A bit of an NXT preview there for you. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I sent you into a different mind space, didn't I? Drew's had his... What the hell was this? This was bad matchmaking. wasn't like... It was bad booking in the sense that I don't know why they've done it and they've just delivered a clean finish on Jey Uso and that's that because the heel should win the advantage. But like Sir Jobber says, well, I'd toss a coin. That'd be absolutely fine. It's almost better if you've left it up to chance and, oh, bloody hell, the heels have got I it I think sponsor it. The Ruffles coin. Yeah, toss a crisp. Uh... But I just, this was a poor match. I didn't think these two had good chemistry at all. I thought for Drew's big coming out party as an official heel rather than all the stuff he's been teasing, this was nowhere near as creative. It's been far more interesting watching Drew wrestle, like just colouring outside the lines, mm. whereas here he was just a just a bad guy, you know. Like, you know, just a bit, uh, just a bit methodical. Uh, I'm, kind of, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of boring, but in that troubled way. Uh, um, he like, doesn't have the presence. Nah. If you... If, You've either got the presence to do this or you don't. And if you don't, it's just quite dry and methodical. It really wasn't the time as well for this babyface version of Jey Uso to have his wings clipped a bit. I wouldn't have. I just wouldn't have. The amount of singles matches he's lost, though. Yeah. I I don't think it. uh, This is me saying it. It will not matter. No. Probably not. Yeah. I I just. I didn't think this was the. This was like Sami Zayn's match to lose and not Jey Uso's for me. And I just. I. This did not. Click at all, like Jay, like Jay is so super over, and they're getting that like it's that LA night thing where the spots yeah. are pretty hot, but just a massive disappointment. And I don't know why they would take so much of the wind out of the Drew anger towards Jay by just booking this straight up one on one. I don't think Jay Uso has a particularly glittering record of singles matches, and I think they went very too on the nose with he's a bad guy now. Is this Drew McIntyre? So it was a uh, just oil and water long as well. Really boring. 20 minutes, yeah. Ah, Too long. Yeah, it's going to be Randy showing up. Dread will get a three and three. Better than Punk Joe. Oh, yeah, 100%. Interesting that they didn't have Randy show up, so they're having him be the surprise potentially at Survivor It's like the most uh, distilled rubbish first dance imaginable. (laughs) Where it's like you get these really over teasers, they're not that fun, and then he just turns up days later. Obviously, I don't want it to 
go crap. But if the Fed does go That's rubbish That's another again, reference. What? Go crap. <laughs> Voices in the head, crap. <laughs> like, imagine if it did, like, if just for whatever reason, like, creative just fell off again. It was like, Randy. Oh, no. You've done it. You've ruined it again. 20 more years of this. <laughs> the wrestlers, they see the Hall of Fame thing. Love working the house shows with Randy. Put him in there. Yeah. In the Hall of Fame, Dave. Didn't get injured once. Took three bumps. That's why Randy's the best. Yep. The crowd was silent. <laughs> what a night. I will say, we are evidently not the... But don't get jazzed about Randy Orton. I've watched him. I've watched him for too many years now. These fans in this building were going absolutely it was bananas. Right. Polish the turd. This is what I like. It's going to be so hot when he comes back. Uh, well, let us know your thoughts on uh, Manaral, uh, either in the comment section or on X uh, at What Culture WWE. Watch there. You can follow all three of us. You can follow uh, Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow our brilliant editor at It's Adam Nicholas. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from uh, for daily wrestling podcasts, including our NXT preview coming later on today. I'm so excited. Uh, but for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet, to Michael Sidgwick, to our lovely editor, Adam Nicholas. Thank you for joining us. And thanks to Rich for the five-star review review as well. And we will see you soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com covered.